Hello, and welcome to the Ground Game LA podcast. This is your host, Bo Delight, and today I am joined by Rachel Rose Lucky. Uh, hi, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so Rachel comes from the Rampart Village Neighborhood Council. Uh, did you want to talk about that? I'm so bad with interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, um, yeah, uh, I'm... Uh, as of April the 16th, uh, I became the president of the Rampart Village Neighborhood Council. Congratulations. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I am the, uh, as far as I know, the first openly transgender uh, person to be elected and voted in as uh, the president of the Neighborhood Council. Heck yeah. And I am uh, currently uh, one of only 19 openly transgender elected government officials in the country. Wow. Uh, that's uh, yeah you said wow but it yeah. also speaks volumes about uh, where the transgender community is uh, you know in, in you know having proper re representation yeah. a seat at the table absolutely yeah I'm definitely hoping that those numbers grow within within the next coming years yeah well we, we made some pretty good strides over the last couple of years uh, yeah. when I first started on the Rampart Village Neighborhood Council uh, in February of 2017 I was on one of only eight at the time, so uh, we're we're marching forward. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Um, how long have you been living in Rampart Village? Uh, I've been there a little over nine years. Very cool. And uh, before we go too much further, yeah. I just want to say that um, this conversation today, uh, I am uh, the the views that I will express will be my own and. Uh, not necessarily the views of the uh, Rampart Village Neighborhood Council. Perfect. Love to talk to you and not the council in its entirety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd all fit in this room. <laughs> no, well, we got a pretty small council <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> compared to some. Yeah. Um, so for listeners that don't know, Rampart Village is um, an area a little northeast of MacArthur Park. Um, west of Koreatown and just south of Silver Lake. Yeah, that yeah. would be pretty much it. Our boundaries go from Vermont 101 down to 6th mm -hmm. and then everything over to Rampart Boulevard. Beautiful. Um, what brought you to the Neighborhood Council in Rampart Village? Well, um, about a year into my transition, mm -hmm. I decided that I was going to become uh, very active as a transgender activist, mm -hmm. um, which was, uh, I started my transition in July of 2013. A year later in 2014, I joined the Stonewall Democratic Club at, one of, at their annual barbecue, and I got up the nerve to uh, walk up to the president uh, of, the, of the club. and. I introduced myself and said, hi, uh, my name is Rachel Rose Lucky. I am your newest member. And within uh, 20 minutes uh, conversation, he said, I'm going to I'm going to start an ad hoc committee for you. And what I didn't realize at the time was is that um, that um, what he was essentially doing was fast tracking me onto the steering committee. Yeah. And so uh, we named the uh, ad hoc committee the Transgender Issues Committee. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took it upon myself uh, to uh, go out into the transgender community here in Los Angeles uh, and uh, with the message that really 
our next step in our movement for equality uh, was to get involved in the political process and or run for office. Unfortunately, uh, that kind of fell on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. So in September of 2016, I decided to put my money where my mouth was and I decided to run for office. Uh, and being here in LA, I was like, well, you know, what office am I going to run for? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like, well, I could run for mayor, <laughs> but that seemed a, a bar too high. And then, you know, city council, well, that was still, you know, so uh, that's when I discovered neighborhood councils. Uh, there are 99 uh, neighborhood councils in the city of Los Angeles. And um, basically, uh, for those who don't know, uh, neighborhood councils were set up under the city charter. I am an elected government official. Uh, and uh, we are the grassroots voice of the community to, to LA City Hall. Mm -hmm. uh, our other One of our other roles is to also uh, take information and programs and things like that from LA City Hall and uh, let the community know what's available. So you're like the, the true middleman between the actual population within the neighborhood and um, yes. the people in City Hall. Yes, and and the other the, the other idea and in, in reason for setting up the neighborhood council system uh, was to bring more transparency to the political process that's happening uh, in downtown LA. Yeah, and that's super important. That's something that, because um, ground game works mainly with uh, city council work we our goal is to get as many progressive candidates in those 15 seats as we can mm -hmm. um, so being in neighborhood council is definitely a, a great step for creating more representation uh, for the people that actually live in LA City and um, bringing the voice of the people within LA City and letting that voice be heard. Yes, yeah. uh, that mission would align with uh, the whole purpose of the Neighborhood Council system mm -hmm. to elevate the voices of stakeholders uh, within within the city of Los Angeles. Very cool. What have you focused on in, in your time in Neighborhood Council? Well, um, initially I was, uh, when I first got on the board, uh, I became chair of our planning and land use committee, mm -hmm. which its official title is planning, parks, public works, and land use, but that's kind of a mouthful, so <laughs> I just say planning and land use. Um, and so um, that propelled me into the whole discussion of housing and you know how, how do we uh, move forward with development and make sure that uh, all city residents uh, have sufficient and ample housing. Yeah, regardless of income. Yes, regardless yeah. of income. Yeah. Um, how how has that fight been for you? <laughs> <laughs> I have said more than once that I feel like I'm bailing out the Titanic with a bucket as it sinks. <laughs> <laughs> I, f I feel like that's that's a very appropriate statement for anybody in LA City that that tries to work on on housing and homelessness. It's it's tough. I just know in my heart mm -hmm. that if we brought 
the right people to the table. And I don't mean predatory developers. We cannot rely on the developer class from China and Canada and you know all of this foreign money for, that comes from outside the state and from outside the country that are solely focused on profit. Mm -hmm. But if we really wanted to solve this problem, I know we could bring the right people to the t table. Like I understand a good deal about tier one banking mm -hmm. and how money flows and how money is created. And it's like, you know, how most people don't even, they've heard about hedge funds, but they don't even know how they operate. Right. When you're talking about medium term notes, bank guarantees, standby letters of credit, you know, all of these banking instruments that these games you can't even get into for less than a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. You know, this is this is not your checking account kind of banking. Yeah. You know? And that's what I mean by if we brought the right people to the table and really rolled up our sleeves and worked on this and and got away from the culture of build baby baby build no matter what kind of unit it is and really focused on how how do we sufficiently fund first of all public housing yeah straight up public housing like in the old days before the 1980s when all of that was abandoned mm -hmm. you know how, how do we take city-owned property and build actual public housing for people that are in desperate need of it yeah and then congruent to that how do we build in a private sector low-income housing that people making 25 30 35 thousand dollars a year can afford yeah you know, I'll tell you right now in my neighborhood the median income level is twenty five thousand dollars or less yeah and I'm one of those people and luckily, I, I'm in a, a RSO unit where uh, nine years ago, it, it cost me $800 a month. Mm -hmm. And now I'm up to 1150 right now with the, with the increases mm -hmm. over the years. But that's starting to become unaffordable. There's no cap. I've, I've always felt there's no cap on that. Yeah. And then when somebody moves out, they reset to market rate. That is not sustainable. No, not at all. And when you're talking about, you know, for a family, you know, a mother, a, f a father, and one one child, I'm not even talking about a an extended family, I'm mm -hmm. just a small family, and their income is, is $500 a week, $2,000 a month before taxes mm -hmm. at $25,000 a year. And the, the rent, you know, the, the, at this point, you know, looking around, just to just to rent a one bedroom unit, you're talking about two thousand dollars a month. Yeah. So how are these people supposed to afford this? And then couple in that any kind of an emergency, your transmission goes out or you're out of work for a month because you stepped on a nail or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, 
Yeah, what are you supposed to do at that point? Is it any wonder why we have an increase of 16% of homelessness last year at the last uh, homelessness count mm -hmm. after housing 20,000 20, people? Yeah. Yeah, it's... And there's and there's been there's been, as far as I know, in City Hall in LA City Hall, there has been no discussion on how we how we develop and and increase the mass the building mass of our city to meet population growth, while at the same time protecting those vulnerable communities. Those low-income communities mm -hmm. used to be able to, you know, twenty-five thousand dollars a year used to be a pretty good income. Yeah. Now it's barely livable. Now it's barely livable. Yeah. And with, um, you know, with so many people being 50, 60, 70, 80 percent rent burdened, we're supposed to be at a thirty percent. Yeah. And again. In my area of the city, median income, $25,000 or less. Yeah. So if L.A. City Hall is really serious about solving the homelessness price crisis, which is part and parcel with our housing crisis, mm -hmm. then they need to get real about how to protect these communities instead of trying to drive them out absolutely and that and that is something that is happening all over la city especially in lower income communities where there's a lot of gentrification and that's definitely hitting rampart village pretty hard and it's going to hit even harder in the future if if olympics were to come to los angeles i hate to say say it but <laughs> I believe that the 2028 Olympics is a political smokescreen mm -hmm. for our current class of politicians mm -hmm. to have a reason to gentrify neighborhoods so that they can increase the tax base so that they can turn around and say, well, look what we did. We improved the city. Mm -hmm. While at the same time, they do not address the elephant in a room as to what I just discussed about providing ho proper housing, affordable housing, uh, low-income housing for folks that, that already live here who have lived in these neighborhoods for 10 like myself, 10 years, mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40, 50 years, some of these people have lived in their neighborhoods and they have fought against gangs, they have fought against earthquakes, they have fought against everything thrown at them. Mm -hmm. And they have come out the other side with, with, in my mind, a callousness towards their plight by our electeds. Yeah, I completely agree. So with... Uh with this giant issue of of housing and, and homelessness throughout LA and within Rampart Village, uh, what happened on July 3rd? Oh. <laughs> Ooh, let's really get into it. Um, 
Well, a, a little bit of, of context. Mm -hmm. um, the issue that was before LA City Council on July 3rd had to do with a state uh, law that allows what they call enhanced infrastructure financing districts, mm -hmm. which is basically uh, a, an ability to do a bond issue where the monies are paid back over 45 years from incre incremental real estate uh, tax increases. Uh, an approved project uh, would uh, would initiate a an increase in um, uh, in the in the property value and therefore increase the tax rate um, and um, so the difference between what it was before the project and what it was after and any subsequent increases since then, after that, uh, that money would be used kind of off the top, uh, would be used to pay back that bond issue. And so uh, Councilman Affaro uh, uh, championed this uh, and his, his uh, uh, reasoning for that was to see if we could uh, fund the LA River uh, master plan. Mm -hmm. um, it is apparent to me. Uh, I, I serve on the uh, Alliance of River Communities, ARC, uh, which is um, uh, an alliance of neighborhood councils that have uh, an interest in the river. Mm -hmm. uh, Rampart Village actually has a tributary that runs underneath of it, so that's how we got into yeah. that yeah. Um, and I've been going to those meetings for well over a year now and um, it has been determined that the uh, EIFD that's the Enhanced Infrastructure Financing District um, the funds generated from that would be insufficient mm -hmm. from for actually funding the the LA River Master Plan so the 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 councilman's uh, motion was to set up a framework policy, not a specific uh, uh, project mm -hmm. policy, but a, a, an overall framework policy. Um, and the matter came up on July third, mm -hmm. and um, I was there as well as uh, about a half a dozen other people. Uh, some from ARCs, some not. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rampart Village Neighborhood Council did take a position in opposition. Uh, we filed a community impact statement. And uh, I was there to uh, exercise my right as uh, the representative of, of the Neighborhood Council mm -hmm. uh, to give five a five-minute uh, comment, public statement. Uh, and uh, when the issue was called, when the item was called by the... Uh, Council President Herb Wesson, uh, he flat out uh, told a falsehood mm -hmm. that um, there were no speaker cards. And we had signed up prior to the meeting commencing 
And when we started to pipe up, it's like, wait a minute, that yes, there are, mm-hmm. thinking maybe you made a mistake and that we would still be allowed to speak, he he piped us down. He told us to be quiet. And so uh, as a result of him saying that, he moved the item to consent. Mm-hmm. In other words, for those who don't know, uh, gr- that's where you take all the motions that and, and put them, lump them all together, uh, and then you vote on that block mm-hmm. of motions. And any council member present that that would want to, you know, hear more about it or you know have discussion about about the motion uh, could pull that from consent. Mm-hmm. Well, because he silenced our voices. Because he said there were no speaker cards, he robbed his colleagues of the opportunity to say, hey, they're speaker cards, and hey, I actually would like to hear what these people have to say. Yeah. And that, to me, is, is the egregious part of what he did. You know, other than the fact that, you know, I, I know that for myself, I hold myself to a high ethical standard. Mm-hmm as an elected public official, and I expect them to do the same. As people that are supposed to listen to the people that they are serving, like, yes, you were elected, but we elected you to serve us, to have our individual voices come together in community and for you to listen to them. And to have that voice be silenced is unfathomable to me. This is absolutely not what should happen in a city hall ever. This is an, an assault on democracy. Absolutely. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's no less egregious as the assaults on democracy coming out of Washington, D.C. Absolutely. Um, the only shame is that this won't get talked about as much but we're talking about it now yes we are (laughs) and you know that's that's one of one of my duties yeah as a as a a, an at-large member of the rampart village neighborhood council Mm -hmm. to speak up um you know if you go on my on my facebook uh my personal facebook page Mm -hmm. uh the cover on there and i've had it there since i started it uh, it says I will always speak out and I will never back down. And I, and I think that, it, you know, I think we all need to take that attitude if we're going to prevail. Absolutely. Because it is shown with AOC and, you know, some of these other progressives, you know, that the message resonates. Absolutely. The people want it. The things that are on, on that agenda are things that polling says are very popular medicare for all Mm -hmm. you know uh at least two years free college community college yeah state colleges and community college should be free to the public yeah well not free our taxes pay for it i get it you know yeah but you know do you (laughs) do you pay some in taxes or do you pay tuition yeah you know, or the Department it, of Education, when, or, once you've graduated. Yeah, yeah, or or you pay you pay the lenders who who lend. You know, it's over 
a trillion dollars of student debt right now. Yes, and I am a part of that. (laughs) (laughs) What is up with that? Yeah. You know, I was lucky that I I didn't have to do that back Mm -hmm. in the day. Uh, My mom made sure of it. Yeah. You know, but, you know, our democracy is grounded on the principle that our electorate be educated otherwise we get things like our current president Mm -hmm. if you're not educated it is so easy for these people to pull the wool over your eyes yeah if you're not educated you you can't elevate yourself in your community so I just I, I don't understand the pushback against uh, creating a, a, an American culture where everybody has the chance to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Yeah, absolutely. Why, yeah. why do we, why do we try to you know why do some people try to keep other people down? I mean you know are they so in, that insecure with themselves? <laughs> <laughs> it must it must be it must be. Um, when I was looking into Rampart Village, um, I noticed that Rampart Village exists within three different city council districts. Yes. Um, what so it's district thirteen thirteen. 10 and one and one yes um but predominantly 13 okay uh and that's o'farrell territory yeah. right yes. yeah um how do you feel that that is spanning across three district lines how do you feel like that has either helped or hindered anything that has um anything that has been put well, to motion or i would say it's a hindrance because like CD10 only involves uh, Lafayette Park. Mm-hmm. CD1 is, you know, we have so very little real estate there. Um, I think that's mostly residential area yeah. in CD1. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's such a small part of the overall council district mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, you know, politicians in general they're looking at the election or whatever their next office is going to be if they're termed out Mm -hmm. Um, and so they're always looking at constituent counts so um, in that way I think it's a hindrance yeah because uh, Rampart Village is part of these these three different these three different districts and is also surrounded by a lot of different um, other neighborhoods like throughout in any direction you sort of hit a different yeah a very different look of of la um yeah we basically um about about a third of historic filipino town Mm hi-fi comes into rampart village um coming up from the south uh, from 6th to 3rd Street within our, our neighborhood council boundaries, mm-hmm. Koreatown, mm-hmm. Uh, right across Vermont Avenue uh, on 3rd Street is Little Bangladesh, mm-hmm. and they have their Bangladeshi festival at, at Virgil Middle School mm-hmm. a couple of times a year. 
and of course we have uh, a fairly large uh, Latinx population mm-hmm. um, and um, you know basically it's on our website you know basically our, our little tagline is uh, Rampart Village is a crossroads of diversity um, our board actually reflects that mm-hmm. uh, with myself uh, being transgender we have uh, one of our board members is married to her wife mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, a representative from the Bangladesh community. Uh, we just put on um, uh, an, a Latino woman. Um, and then we have two members from the Eco Village um, who are board members. Um, and that's, that's pretty exciting in and of itself, the Eco Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, the eco village is all about sustainable living, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think that that you know it's important that when we're talking about housing and homelessness, particularly housing, and we talk about doing developments, um, I, you know, as as chair of my planning and land use committee, whenever I get a large scale project on my desk, I and they come in to, to to give a presentation, I always ask them, you know, what kind of elements, what kind of components have, are you putting into your incorporating in your buildings mm-hmm. for uh, green sustainability? And yeah. I'm usually disappointed in their answer. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, you know, focus back on City Hall, you know, uh, you know, what kind of policies, especially in planning and land use, is City Hall putting in place to mandate that, you know, that we have, uh, you know, greenery on roofs? Uh, mm-hmm. There was just a, uh, within the last year, a, prod, uh, a, a mandate uh, in France uh, that, re- that required uh, roofs having, you know, green growth on them, yeah. you know? I think they're trying to do something like that in New York as well if i'm not mistaken um you know and and you know our 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 terraces Mm -hmm. you know balconies and things like that um yeah yes it costs money to do these things but in the long run if we're serious about saving our planet yeah it's a necessity yeah it's an absolute necessity it's not an amenity no not at all it's it's really exciting to hear that they're is such diversity on the neighborhood council within Rampart Village because that just means more voices being heard and more people being represented within within that neighborhood yes and I would say I would say our board is probably one of the most diverse yeah in out of 99 neighborhood councils now I haven't studied them all but yeah uh, just knowing how diverse ours is right um it's it's insane yeah so the 98 you better catch up yes (laughs) that's a challenge uh i'm throwing out i'm throwing out the gauntlet uh so what does the meeting schedule look like uh in the future for rampart village neighborhood council well we have um we have our general board meetings on the third tuesday of every month at saint anne's which is basically uh beverly and occidental Mm -hmm. Uh, it's also where our offices our office is um, and uh, it starts at six o'clock and usually we have pizza although I'm 
trying to see what else we can do to <laughs> <laughs> to change that up yeah. but uh um and um at our at our next meeting uh on august the 20th uh just one month from today <laughs> uh was it the 18th oh i don't know uh, <laughs> we'll post <laughs> <laughs> um uh Ron Galfrin is going to uh, join us to give a little presentation on his office. Uh, Ron Galfrin is uh, uh, is our is our city controller. Is mm -hmm. for those who don't know, uh, and he uh, he came up through the neighborhood council system, Very just like cool. David Rue did. Um, and then uh, not this month, but in June, uh, we had uh, County Assessor Jeffrey Prang join us and uh, so there was quite a few people who found uh, his pre presentation enlightening <laughs> uh, when it comes to talking about property taxes and things like that so yeah. Very cool. uh, also uh, in September mm -hmm. September the 28th is uh, the neighborhood of Cong uh, the Congress of Neighborhoods very cool uh, which is a yearly event where uh, neighborhood councils and stakeholders, if they want to attend, mm -hmm. come together. There's workshops and things like that. Um, and uh, I have been given the honor of uh, giving one of two uh, opening commencement speeches, My keynote speeches. Uh, you know, being the first transgender yeah. uh, president of a neighborhood council, they afforded me that uh, that honor. So. Um, that's so um, awesome. I'm working on a speech in my head yeah. as, we, as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so great. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, listeners, uh, for listening to Ground Game LA podcast on SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcasts from. This has been Bo Delight with Rachel Rose Lucky. Thank you again, Rachel, for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Things may not be immediately discernible in what a man writes, and in this sometimes he is fortunate, but eventually they are quite clear, and by these and the degree of alchemy that he possesses, he will endure or be forgotten. And we veterans can only urge upon our successes the younger followers who realize the measure of their opportunities and the rise to the heights of their responsibilities.
must speak. We must speak. 